0: you hi welcome to sex sports history podcast number two technically podcast number six but this is the sex history podcast number two i'm super excited to have daniel with me today hi daniel
1: hello hey guys
0: um and we're gonna be talking about two people in history so we each went and researched our own little person of sex history that we thought was really important um i will be talking about lily elb
1: yeah, and I'm going to be talking about Jamie James Shoop, the first um, multi-gendered person.
0: Um, as always, we are peer educators. We are not um, here to tell you what to do. Most of the time, we are researching what we have access through Google, and we are not doctors, um, but we um, do strive to give you clear and coherent education that's up-to-date as much as possible. Um, so we hope you can sit back and enjoy um so how are you doing Daniel I know that like you know midterms and everything are crazy
1: yeah happy to be here it's it's going well actually um midterms are I'm pacing through them how about you Hannah
0: <laughs> good I'm glad to hear it I'm good I had like it's it's just crazy right now with how teachers are freaking out about um online classes as always it seems that they just do not have the hang of it yet um hmm but I'm graduating in in the summertime, so I'm out of here pretty soon.
1: You're, you're reaching that finish line. You're almost there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're a freshman or sophomore?
1: I'm a freshman, so I still have a long way to go.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because this year has just been so shitty online. But, like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping – well, I hope that you get at least three years.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm very hopeful for fall. So fingers crossed.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Well, without further ado, I'm here to talk about Lily Elbe. And she is super important because she was one of the first people to go through a sex change um, in the world. She was not, uh, there are many sources that say she was not like the first person, but she is... um, one of the pioneers because she, she recorded her experience in such detail in all of her diaries and was so open about it with the people closest to her that um, her writings and her experience are super important to early uh, medicine regarding sex changes. So that's why um, she is considered one of the first. I came across her story after watching The Danish Girl a few years ago, Um, featuring Eddie Redemain and Alicia Vikander. Um, It's an adaptation of David Ebershoff's novel, um, but a better source for her story and one that they did reference in the film was Man Into Woman, The First Sex Change by Niles Hauer or Lily's own personal editor. Um, He collected her letters, her diary entries, and own conversations with her to give us a full story of her experience. Um, So I just fell in love with the story. And of course, you know, Hollywood is gonna totally like romanticize the experience, but um, yeah, so I wanted to dive a little bit um, deeper, but just also give you guys um, her story because I think it's beautiful. And I think it's so incredible. Um, I don't know, I think of like, she was born in 1882 Wow. And I think of then as like totally unaccepting of of people like her. and so I thought that like being able to have a sex change back then um, is just a very inspiring story. So anyways, um, so Lily Elbe was born in late December 1882 in Vagel, Netherlands. I totally mispronounced that, but that's fine. <laughs> um, she moved to Copenhagen to learn to be a painter um, where she married the love of her life, Greta Gottlieb at ages 22 and 19. Elle became a famous painter renowned for her beautiful landscapes from memory that she was able to paint while her wife, Greta, was a popular fashion magazine illustrator. So they were both just like really prominent painters and they were super successful. And um, they were able to actually fund uh, Lily's sex change later on by selling a lot of their paintings um, for a lot a really like a pretty penny. Um, so Lily came into physical form when Greta needed a model and started asking her then husband to pose for her. This allowed Lily to take to, to like truly take physical form and just burst through the surface when she was 26. Um, the name Lily was is what the couple's mutual friend called her before she thought of transitioning when she would be a stand-in model for Greta. Um, Elb, the last name that Lily gave herself, later became her chosen last name because it was the river that ran through Dresden, Germany, where her final surgeries took place. Um, And it's really interesting because Lily wrote in her early on in her diaries that she felt very much at home in a pair of stockings and heels from the first moment that she put them on, which Um. I think is very powerful stuff. Um, because this is a person that was did not consider themselves openly homosexual whether for whatever reason um, was in a happy loving marriage and um, but, but had this burning inside of her that was finally being realized and taking true form and, and like she could finally have an have an outlet to talk about it which is just the beginning of the liberation um, of Lily Elbe. Um, Anyways, once the public found out that Lily was posing for Greta instead of an actual woman, uh, quote, you know, um, they were forced to move to a more accepting society and finally settled down in Paris in 1912. So this is before medics began openly admitting to studying homosexuality in Germany and before Berlin became like a really um, popular hub for homosexuality. it was a sometimes it was fun for the couple to go out because uh they would attend social events together presenting Lily as a cousin visiting from out of town and that was like a way for Lily to go and like maybe flirt with like unsuspecting men and she would have a grand old time with it um which I thought was really fun um but then um it became a lot more serious for Lily as she began to realize no that this is like who she really was. Um, And that actually surprised Greta um, when Lily came out and told her wife that she was serious about um, having, quote, a woman trapped inside of her, end quote. And Greta was scared for Lily because she thought she was having an identity crisis or um she couldn't fathom transsexualism at the time so Greta took Lily to see multiple doctors who all suspected that she was schizophrenic or bipolar and that she needed to be institutionalized for believing that she could be somebody else or that somebody else was trapped inside of her um they began probing her with all these different kinds of questions and then suggesting like um a a radiation therapy or shock therapy Mm. um which is just like not the only incidence unfortunately um of people who were transitioning or thought to transition was a pretty like you know that we just hear all these all different kinds of horror stories of people especially when loved ones don't accept them for who they are um that can be the most shattering to somebody's um psyche and lily and Greta loved each other very much um so you can imagine like if your wife or someone that you trust and love is like not on board with or not believing you when you say that you were meant to be somebody else, you know, that can be quite um, disheartening at the very least. Um, However, in February of 1930, uh, Lily caught a whiff of a clinic researching for the first time transsexualism. They had been um, researching it, and I'll say who they is in a minute. But they had been researching transsexualism for a little bit over ten years. But this is the first time that like Lily had actually heard of it, um, and this finally opened the possibility of allowing Lily to become a quote full woman. This could not have come at a better time because through all of these, all of this therapy and all of these, uh, doctors telling Lily that she was psychotic, um, she had actually started to plan to commit her own suicide in May, on May 1st of 1930. So this news could not have come at a better time, um, because she could finally have hope to be who she was, was all along. Um, so, in that nineteen, in that year, 1930, she she met with uh, Dr. Magnus Hirschfeld in 1930 at the German Institute for Sexual Science in Berlin, where she underwent three operations for surgical castration procedure to remove the penis. Um, and when she decided to go and do this, she did have this at this time. She did have the support of Greta, um, and but ex- But Greta and maybe one or two other people seem to be the only people on board. And a lot of Lily's male friends um, who heard that she was going public as transitioning into a full woman, um, they refused to associate with Greta, uh, inferring that she had murdered their friend. And so dealing with all of this, also recovering from three other operations, she then underwent another four more operations by... Dr. Kurt Warnacross from 1930 to 1931 at the Dresden Municipal Women's Clinic for a transplantation of human ovarian tissue in a a panectomy, which is the surgical removal of a penis. Um, These procedures were so important because the law could no longer deny her as a woman once she had these procedures. And she was even um, alive long enough to see that she was able to legally change her name to Lily Elbe, female, on all of her legal documents. Um, she is recorded to have, quote, likened her to female transformation to being born again in an affirmation of her true nature, end quote. Um, however, this did mean that the king had to nullify her marriage to Greta because homophobia is still very real. Um, And the two parted ways amicably in 1931. Um, She was even immediately after um, asked by an art dealer, Claude Lejeune for her hand in marriage, um, once they had separated Uh, him being um, a mutual friend, but also like an accepted partner of Lily's um, even during the end of Greta and Lily's marriage. Just another person to support her through this transition. Lily's final surgery was just around the corner, and that's when she was finally going to have, she was finally going to be given a uterus and even an artificial vagina that she hoped she would, one, be able to have children with, and two, finally be able to have sex with her fiance. Um, But unfortunately, she passed in September 1931 in recovery from her final surgery because. She experienced heart paralysis from an organ rejection just before her 49th birthday. Lily Elbe, in my opinion, is a hero for not only rejecting society um, society's norms, but also being able to um, ex- like not like just be so fervently herself. And um even you know, when times were tough and ed- seemed that the world was against her, even her own wife, she did not deny how she truly felt and um, who she truly was. and I just think that she is so commendable for that. And um, she really is, you know, and the surgeons too, they're all pioneers in um, trans er, uh, sex sex change surgery. Um, she was not, again, not the first woman to go undergo a sex change, but Her life is so important to sexual reassignment surgery because she recorded her experience in her diaries with such detail. Um, And three months before her death, Lily confirmed in her writings to her friends why the surgery was so important to her. And this is like my favorite quote. Um, Quote, I, Lily, am vital and have a right to life. I have proved by living for 14 months. It may be said that 14 months is not much, but they seem to me like a whole and happy human life, end quote. And I just think that Lily is beautiful and smart and brave. And I just love this story so much. So that is Lily Elb. Thank you for listening. I think that she's just a beautiful person. And I really hope that you enjoyed learning about her.
1: Yeah, that's really fascinating. She seems like an incredible person in history.
0: Yeah, I think she is too. And um, her relationship with Greta um, and then also just her bravery to get those surgeries is completely incredible, especially at the time. Exactly, because um, of all
1: yeah. the medical complications that could happen, even which resulted in her final death. I mean, she still felt alive uh, those last, you said, 16 months
0: yeah she says she has a right to life and she's proved that even if it's only shortly lived like she lives a happy human life like that's also like so so incredible to say happy human life it just because she understood and um that she was human and no, when nobody else would that at the end of the day she's human and she de- deserves to be treated with respect and if and I just uh, yeah there's so many yeah I'm in love with her absolutely I love that yeah I think that um she just really paved the way um for the rest for the rest of sex sexual reassignment surgeries because she was able to give doctors really good insight um other than her personal emotions but also just like the effects throughout those months of like the surgeries and stuff and then also um they were able to understand her psychologically as she transitioned and she started ever again in 1908 was the first time that she posed for for Greta so she was doing it before world war one like she was that's a really long like that feels like a really long time ago but again also like that's just over a hundred years ago yeah
1: well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'm gonna start talking about my my character. I did some research on my person. Yes, so,
0: is. I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna preface this because there's a lot of preface that needs to go into this. Um, there is a, about an eight year span of this whole story. Um, so the person is uh, Jamie or James Shoup. Um, I'm gonna use those terms interchangeably. They are now uh, a male. They identify as male and they are registered as male and they go by James. But some parts of the story, um, he decides to go by Jamie and is a female. So it's it's a wild ride. So <laughs> buckle up, um, I guess here we go. So the big reason Jamie James Shoop was is important to history is because they're the first non-binary person and they won a court case in Oregon in 2016 and became legally non-binary. Um, which was the biggest step. The entire court case, uh, the court fees and everything were like $1,000 to do this. And it just seemed right. So I'm gonna start off at the very beginning. So James Shoup was born male, but he kind of lived between the sexes. So some days he'd feel more female, some days he'd feel more male. Um, When he was growing up, uh, he thought maybe he was just bisexual. It was, um, he acted male, mainly around his friend groups, around his family, just to fit in. Um, he, ended, he ended up entering the military. This was before like 20, 30, this was like 20 or 30 years ago he entered the military so they weren't as accepting of of these different um, even sexual orientations, let alone gender identities. So he was discriminated against by his fellow t- soldiers um, and by the kind of the community as a whole. Um, he ended up leaving the military because he had an, he, um, he had an injury, so he was um, honorably discharged. And that's when the gender crisis started. Um, he ended up meeting his wife and they got married. And he just didn't feel right. He's never felt right in his life. A whole, I guess is the, the way he describes it. He's never felt whole. So Jamie then decided to come out and because he thought maybe I'm just female, right? Maybe I should be assigned because uh, the the US and the world was, it was kind of in the 2010s that the US and the world was going to accept that transgenderism and you can you can change sex and you can, or change gender and you can have reassignment surgery. So he's like, you know what? I never felt like a male, let me try being a female. So he started taking estrogen uh, and then got his name changed to Jamie and started transitioning to female. That's exciting. Yes, yes. And he was going on that path. Um, And then, and his wife was fully supportive with it and still is actually, um, I believe. But his wife was fully supportive of it. And she kind of noticed that, you know, he would some days he would wear a scarf around his neck and um, he he is bald, but he would always look at that baldness as like, he would sometimes put on a wig, some days he wouldn't. So he was trying to go into the the female realm and he found that it was actually very easy to do so. And it was almost one of those points of irony here is that it was very easy to do it he was like maybe i'm just he was telling the doctors he's like maybe i'm not i'm i feel like a man but i also feel like a female and the doctor's like well you pick one and we can make you one right if you're if you're if you're a man now right we don't have to do anything if you're female we can we can do the reassignment surgery that's that's cool but you have to pick one of the two and he's just like he he decided i'm gonna go with female let's try it out but he wasn't really sure right he still felt a little bit male so
0: yeah and you don't just like jump right into
1: sexual
0: reassignment surgery
1: Right, but that's kind of the, there was a very large push in this country and during this time to, for transgender rights. So the actual doctor would, he, he just noticed that the community was like one or the other.
0: And mm-hmm. the doctor
1: was like really open about the idea and almost to a fact of it was almost too open, which <laughs> kind of scared him a little bit. Um, oh, Why did you say that? It, well, he was too open because he was pushing him to a direction like, it was the pick one or two when he still has, fe- he still felt like both and both is in this country, both was, an, is not an option at this time. Mm-hmm. So he, it was kind of this like gray area. So Jamie transitions to female, um, starts living as female, does some talk shows about that. Um, and then finally he, he just, he rejects that female idea. Um, he, he doesn't feel that it's, it's too exclusionary because he still feels a little bit male. And he noticed, uh, when he starts fe- getting these feelings that he feels a little bit male as well, he gets rejected by the trans community, and that kind of pushes him more towards. Well, I definitely don't feel like I'm female now. I, I or I, I feel like I'm female, but I, I definitely don't want to be transitioning as much. So he ends up not going through the final the, the final surgeries. Um, he has um he ha- takes the hormones, so he ha- he does have um uh, breasts, mm-hmm. but he he gets when he gets rejected, he just doesn't feel like that's that's right. That's him. So Jamie kind of makes peace with the in-between. He makes peace that some, sometimes he wants to live as a female and some, some days he wants to live as a male. Um, but he, he knows the law, he's very well versed in the law and he wants to legally change that. Um, and there's no laws at this current time on the books. This is 2016 when this happens. And this whole thing started in 2013, his whole ident- uh, his, like transitioning uh, phases. So it's very, very, very fast all this, this time period. Um, but he wants that legal change so he went to the dmv and said when they asked for his his, uh sex right on the license right he went and they said oh you're you're signing male at birth we're gonna put down male. and then he's like well i'm transitioning to a female and they're like okay we can put down female if if that's fine he's like but i don't want to be either of them and the dmv is like well you can't just put x that's not that's not an option right we can't do that you have to choose one so i forget which one he ended up choosing but basically after that, he said, I'm going to go to court. So he went to court, uh, went to court in Oregon and fought. And uh, basically the judge, the judge granted it. So he, uh, Jamie shoot. became- Wait, wait, wait.
0: granted, yeah. granted what? He... Granted
1: being non-binary as an option on federal IDs and as oh. an
0: option on decks. And where did, <laughs> you might've already said this, where did he come across the term non-binary or, cause he's the first person to have that legally as non-binary, his right. name is- gender legally non-binary but like i imagine that getting rejected from like multiple different lgbtq communities because not really sure how to identify is like really struggling but i also um think that there was like a big non-binary a generally like big non-binary community before 20 there was right
1: that's the thing with the advent of you know the computer He was able to connect with some of these uh, other individuals but no one could ever legally do it so i think that's this is like 2016 so it's a little bit like it's dead in there but it's a little bit before slightly before a lot of the 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 new the the community started uh getting a lot more popular followings Got it. so i'm sure that's where he got the the term though um i i think it was actually just gender x i want to say on the license it wasn't like non-binary i i'm not entirely sure of the specifics here but yeah, I, I think that's probably where the term came about. At least that's how the that's on the media. The media definitely use that term as non-binary. But yeah, he went to court, wins that case, and gets the uh the designation. So, um, and this is after changing his name like four different times. Um, so that's kind of the biggest landmark of his story is being non-binary. Now the thing that so I first learned about uh Jamie Shoup in AP psych in 11th grade, so that was like three years ago for me. And we were talking about um, like gender and different, if it's biological, is it nature or nurture, kind of that stuff. And this was the in-between. And what's the was least expected was while we were researching this, this was in like January or February, around, around this time actually. And we as a class were researching these people, these like four different people. and the first day we researched it we researched all the stories um and it sounded yeah that the story ended in 2016 and then two weeks later i look them up and there's a twitter post that says i am no longer um non-binary i had extreme gender dysphoria so i want to be male now Hmm. and basically he ends up jamie ends up or james ends up rejecting the entire um, case, and he basically turns, uh, becomes, or evolves into a um, very right-leaning, right of center kind of um, extreme, I don't know how to put it. So I'm just gonna read one of the, uh, one of his recent tweets, because it kind of shows you where kind of the, the division happened. Um, So it's, where is it? I have breasts from the hormone, and I'm quoting this, by the way, by no means does it share my beliefs at all. I have breasts from the hormones, so under this logic, I am female too. I based on something I've done, the concrete reality of changing my body is more to more resemble a woman's body, which means that the term man is no longer a good fit. Nope, I'm a male with gynocosmatia. So he basically rejects the whole idea that any of this happened, that um. And he ends up getting his name legally changed back to James and his identity legally resign, uh, changed to male again so mm-hmm. it's kind of like a complete reversal and I found this and we were researching it and I'm like oh, holy crap like w- this just happened it was it was wild when I first learned about, uh, about them but I think even even with you know the reversal it's still a very important point in history for all of us of becoming that non that nine non-binary, Uh, designation because it paved the way for so many people to be able to do that now
0: well and like however um James or Jamie decides to identify throughout their life that just honestly all all the story does is go to show how fluid gender is yeah
1: yeah I completely agree
0: like uh, and yes I agree like the um I think that is his most his or her most their sorry that their most notable work is um showing the rest of the world hey there's more to life than just the binary of gender um which is a beautiful thing um and super hopeful thing especially for people who do feel um gender dysphoria and um feel their gender is fluid i just um however they feel about it now is there is 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 up to them but this like just goes to show how fluid gender is and how it's um a social construct and it can be whatever you want it to be and you don't have to prove it to anybody else you can just wake up one day feeling differently than you did before and um yeah that's the most important takeaway from the story is that gender is fluid and this person um, gave hope to people who are who do struggle with gender fluidity, trying to say that they're one or the other. Um, there's more to it than that.
1: And I, I also want to jump in there and say that um, his wife was very supportive of the entire process. And I that's think beautiful. Yeah, and I, that's that's one of the amazing things that uh, came out of the story was just how like she stood by his side the entire time no matter what and she's just like yeah i kind of knew that i kind of knew and even when he became female right she was fine with that and it was kind of it, it's kind of rare to see that kind of loving support especially <clears throat> um yeah it's kind of just rare to see that loving that loving support um going through all these changes because it can be it can take a toll i think he i, I want to say he has kids too but i'm could be mistaken he was like 50 when he had the um it, when he started going through these um when he started officially changing to become female so mm-hmm. it, it was a large it, it was la- very late in his life
0: but I mean like still the yeah. I think um I think it is always just uh really important to remember that having a um a support system around you or people that are supporting you or loving you through this process is not always guaranteed um and so when somebody does have that it's all the more important and amazing to hear about
1: yeah yeah i that's i i think that was one of the biggest takeaways it's like i want to find a partner like that who's that supportive yeah thick and thin kind of thing
0: yeah and um yeah thank you for sharing i think um gender i think gender is fluid and i think that gender can uh should be whatever you feel uh expresses you in the best way that you can uh, under whatever title um, whatever that means and I think that if you do uh, that when you do decide um, you can change your mind and I feel like that can be really scary sometimes is when people are like oh like I can't I can't change my mind later on if I decide right now and it's like no like you totally can like this person decided when they were 50 to change and it can just it it's it one it can change and then two it's also like um okay if you change and then change your mind about that and then like discover a new way to express yourself that that makes you makes you feel more validated it makes you feel more you
1: yeah I completely agree I think that any 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 way to feel more whole as a person um should be taken if this is this is how he needed to do that go for it and if and I think it really emulates kind of a um what is it a a role model in a sense not not the more recent stuff but the 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 whole path to get there the struggle it emulates a role model for people who are don't feel that any label really fits them Mm -hmm. now and they need they they want to pursue they want to feel whole and I think any pursuit to that is is a good idea and should be undertaken if if the means are available and if they're not fight for them
0: yeah and I don't think anybody should be denied how they want to express their gender or what title they want to have under their gender like legally or whatever I don't think that that should ever be um they should ever be oppressed in that way
1: yeah yeah and
0: yeah uh yeah I uh, thank you for sharing I uh, yes I am there's so much to sex history and there's so many beautiful leaders out there um that we just like don't either don't know about or don't hear about um i think that this was a really good talk and i'm really happy that like you were here and we got to talk a little bit more about these people um this was sex history podcast two technically podcast six but whatever um we talked about lily elb and we talked about remind me of uh, their name
1: jamie james shoop
0: jamie james shoop i hope you enjoyed Uh, please tune in for next week I believe we'll be talking about uh, kinks and fetishes and um, more stuff like that Um, yeah leave us your comments Um, let us know if you have any more information about these two people and as always um, we'll see you next week
1: yes thank you all for tuning in and listening bye
0: bye